internal podcast howdy everybody we're back i'm here with aaron witt ever heard of him hello internal podcast 2023 march 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 we're here can you believe it's march uh yeah <laughs> yeah it feels like about two months since I've, the beginning of the year I've done quite a bit this year so far been to australia been to alberta california australia Col- was last year colorado i started the year in australia Oh, you were there for New Year's. Yeah. That's right. That's right. right. Um, Hawaii, Ohio. I go to Maryland next week. I go to uh, West Tennessee. You've got a bunch in March and April. Yeah. A bunch. Been to Florida. Went to Miami. Went to Georgia. We've we've gotten around. Gotten around a little bit. Um, But I feel like the kind of rate you've been getting around feels pretty typical. Doesn't doesn't seem... Uh, I feel like there were times in 2022 that were like, you are everywhere all the time. It feels like maybe it's, we've down a click from that maybe. Um, I think it's much more intense actually. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how other people perceive my time, I guess. But yeah, it's what been, do you care? But I'm in like, I'm like 20 something flights for the year. Shoot. Okay. So yeah, it's. Is. Is some of that travel still like um, business development more? Yeah, I feel like last year there was a lot of investor kind of conversations. Is still that's kind of part of it, or is it more job sidey than it was? Um, this year is actually going to be more uh, like if I add anything, it's speaking. Oh, okay. The speaking is getting to be pretty wild. See, seeing a lot of them come up kind of all in a row. Yeah, um, I think I it's I speak at least ten times in March. In March. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, how many times are you speaking while at Con Expo? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday. I took Friday off. Yeah, that's probably fair. To just enjoy the show. That's probably fair. And then we shoot Friday, Saturday, Sunday before the show. I'm there Friday to Friday. Ooh. And you basically get a day to just hang around the last day you're there. Yeah, but hang around is probably going to be meet people all day. Yeah, it's, it's sorry, when I say hang around, you're not uh, producing any media necessarily. No, or we'll, we'll, we'll do speaking. all that. We'll do most of that before the show even starts. Because mm-hmm. we, trade shows are not our vibe. No. For a media production standpoint. And the, can't do that much. I, but I like trade shows because I kind of have an unfair advantage in like the media production space in our industry because I get access to places that most people don't have access mm-hmm. to or people that have, have never really had access to, like Suncorp, for example, in Canada. That's not a place you just go into with a camera. That was... Yeah, you don't run up to the, the gate and say, hey, can I come? Dude, that, that was an undertaking and i was amazed that we had that access and they were i was i told everybody before i was like there's a good chance that we don't actually get anything out of this week like that's where my expectations are at mm-hmm. my expectations are we get there and they actually say no because i just wasn't i wasn't sure it ended up being an amazing time mm-hmm. but 
So I can create amazing media because I have access to places that people don't, which is part of it. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And why I, why I enjoy it because I'm photographing things that haven't been photographed. So it's not very hard to create a good photograph. <laughs> You're not having to be different. <laughs> no, but a trade show, you have all these media people yeah, and they're all posting on social media so you can see everybody else's work. It's an even playing field. So it's a matter of creativity and skill because the board looks the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like shooting before the show. I even because like, they don't get that. I, yeah. <laughs> I like cheating even that because shooting during the show, it sucks. There's just people everywhere. And that doesn't make for great photo. I mean, it's like you want a few photos like that to mm -hmm. capture the show itself. But I don't want a hundred people in my every single photo I take. So that's why we're shooting the show opens Tuesday. Mm -hmm. But we're shooting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And so you said there are you're still speaking on Sunday and Monday. Are there like pre-show event kind of things? Every big association has a meeting before the show because uh, everybody's in Vegas. Yeah, they know you're there. So I speak at NSSGA on Sunday. I speak at a company's meeting on Monday. I speak at AEMP on Monday, a big association. And then Tuesday, I open the show with Dave Turin. It's a good dude to open a show with. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, because did, didn't you speak with Dave last time you went? I did. You did it like a yeah, panel but, or but something? It was it was just a class. So the first time I go, I'm a nobody wearing a cat shirt, sneak in, yeah. didn't pay. It was awesome. The second, and security caught me when I was about done anyway. So I was like, this it's is like, perfect. It's fine. Great. I'm getting the hell out of here. And then I meet Dave. I, I quit HCSS, move back to Arizona, and then I'm back in Houston a week or two later for ag one the big aggregate show it's like a baby con expo mm -hmm. and dave turn was there and i was so stoked to meet dave turn and uh i well we i didn't even know he was gonna be there so my, my friend kevin and i he, my kevin was with me because it was his spring break he's a year younger than me mm. so i was out of school he was still in school we go and we find we can't get into the show they won't let us in because we're not registered and we don't have media credentials. You're not allowed to <laughs> photograph a trade show without media credentials, which is the most insane thing. I've photographed every show without media credentials. It's like, screw, screw your media cred yeah, credentials. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Um, and so we didn't have that. So we find one of the organizers to the show. We go up to her. And she's like, I think I've told the story mm -hmm. before. I don't know if I've turned on the internal podcast. We go to her. And we're like, hey, here's who we are. We talk it up like we know what the hell we're doing we want to photograph yeah. the show we have a social presence this and that can you let us in and she said oh here's the deal i will let you in if you go take pictures of the opening of the show with dave turn and i hear dave dave turn like the guy dave, those are like, dave? from gold rush yeah. Like, yeah yeah dave turn this is awesome so i get to get in the show and i get to go meet dave this is sweet mm -hmm. so i go down there we take photos of Dave doing the signing or whatever. We didn't even give the photos to anybody. <laughs> like, so it's like, hey, there's, there's photographers here. Yeah, so. yeah, there were like 10 people already there. Like, well, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Um, but I got to meet Dave that at that show right when I was starting. And he thought what we were doing was cool. We go further down the road, Con Expo, the next time rolls around. I think there's maybe 10 or 11 of us at the company. I get to speak at a, uh, an event with Dave. And then I'm also on like an Ask the Influencer panel oh, that's right. with yeah. Jimmy Starbuck. And 
people are talking to me every day pretty consistently. It's not crazy, but it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is way different than last time I did this three years ago. And now we have another three-year p- period where it's like, I've had hundreds of messages. Are you going to be a Con Expo? Are you going to be a Con Expo? Are you going to be a Con Expo? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. It's going to be a totally different vibe this time mm-hmm. than it was last. Not just because we have a greater presence in the industry, but because COVID is not looming like a storm cloud over the event. Yeah. Well, you're certainly speaking uh, to a lot more people. Probably every event way is way more. more than you ever did at the last one. It'll be... I, it's probably going to be close to four or 5,000 people total for the month of March. Speaking live. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I better find something to say. So for you, when you're going and doing these speaking engagements, what's kind of like the goal for you? You know, what drives the, um, the desire to do that? Um, further emission. That's it. I, I am, it's getting to a point, like I shared a document with you, kind of going yeah. through my latest thought process. It's getting to a point where <laughs> it's like, I'm standing at the front of the ship. There's an iceberg right, right there. And everybody's hanging out at the pool. They're, they're drunk at the pool. Mm-hmm. They're just having a great time. And I'm looking at this iceberg like, hey guys, they're, we are going right towards this damn thing mm-hmm. right now. And uh, so that, that level of urgency is only becoming greater. The problem is only getting worse. We're, we're out over a half a million people in the construction industry this year, and we haven't even seen retirements accelerate yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, one of two things has to happen. You either increase productivity and just workforce, which is what we're after, yeah. or you reduce demand. Is demand likely to be reduced? I don't see that happening anytime soon because you have uh, the infrastructure bill as is this Inflation Reduction Act, which yeah. bullshit, but a lot of spending for green energy in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you have our infrastructure system rated as a D by the American Society of Civil Engineers, which is piss poor. Yeah, not what you want. Yes. And and ask Jackson, Mississippi, how that's going. And then you have uh, the CHIPS Act. You have China potentially on the brink of failure. You have Russia pulling out of the nuclear agreement for the first time ever. Like we're, we're, we're close, way closer to the world, the fabric of the world tearing. And we don't even, we don't even act like anything's happening right now. Yeah. It's like we're, we're, we're flirting with nuclear war right now. And just one nuclear weapon has to be used for the entire world, our lives to totally change. I'm not saying that to be scared. Like that's reality. Mm-hmm. One nuclear mm-hmm. weapon goes and the whole security of the world is now in question. That's all that needs to happen. Yeah. And when that happens, now we have to increase domestic manufacturing and we have to make sure we're good domestically because now we can't count on global trade. Yeah. Uh, and with that comes a lot of infrastructure. So I see it as I see it very unlikely, regardless of what happens to the economy, that infrastructure will decline over the next 10, 20 years. Yeah. So we have to find more people. There's only one way to do this. And speaking gets me in front of the audience that we really need to get a hold of. We're strong with 
the upcoming future generation, which is the future of the industry. An important piece of this. Yes. But, but it's not the whole thing. But well, they're not the gatekeepers right now. The gatekeepers are <clears throat> the mid-levels to senior management. And that's the core demographic of these conferences. So it gets me in front of these people that I can't get in front of in any other way. I can't do it on the podcast, vlog, mm -hmm. social media. That's the only way I can do it. Well, and it's interesting when you you cite kind of those other uh, ways we do get in front of people with the podcast, with the vlog, with social media, that you know, speaking at these conferences or big meetings or whatever they are, those are places where those people are kind of used to someone presenting in the way that you're presenting. Like, right? Like, that's, that's not a new thing to them. So do you think they're more receptive to what you're saying because it's in that space? I think they're more receptive because I bring a, just a, a, it's just a different conversation. I think um, Randy or Jason or anybody that's been to these conferences now, they can probably attest to the tone that we can bring to a conference. It's totally different. Every, I've listened to a lot of these speakers. There's, there's good speakers out there. Yeah. But it's, it's the same. Every conference is kind of the same. Sure. It's kind of the same. They talk about the same shit. They say, we have a workforce problem. It's, it's, it's like we, at least I, what I can bring into a room of 700 people is a different level of energy. I can bring energy with me because I'm so focused and passionate about the problem we're solving. And I can bring this very unique perspective. Mm -hmm. That is, I get to see more of the industry than any of you. And here's what I'm seeing. And it's no secret. I'm not smart. I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already know. But this is the reality. There's only one way out of this. And it's until everybody looks themselves in the mirror and identifies that that's who's going to solve this. That's the solution. So, and now it's just a matter of how do I deliver that message, the message we must mm -hmm. in the most effective way. And, and so as you're doing boy, these- Boy, is that a hard nut to crack. Shoot, I'm sure. And as you're doing these speeches, speaking engagements, we won't call it a speech, we can call it a speaking engagement. As you're doing those, like, are you seeing like positive impact while you're there kind of after that? Yeah. I, it's, it's really- interesting because mm -hmm. it's this industry is so hard to read so hard to read which is very frustrating yeah it's not a very emotional world that we're in so i do get approached by a lot of people afterwards but it's still not as many as you'd think it would be or want it want it to be it's mostly i've noticed younger people by for sure. I've followed you guys yeah. forever. Love this message. This is what I've been preaching. It's like, it's, it's, it's relieving to hear someone else say it because you feel like, th like there's a, there's desperation in their voice. I've been, um, oh, thank God. And my boss was sitting next to me the whole time you were saying that. So thank God someone else is saying it because that validates everything I've been saying. Yeah. Or you have the really old guys that say, yeah, we need to do something here, but it's the, it's the middle management. You're still like finding it's harder to engage in yeah, that space. Yeah, you, you don't get a lot from. Hmm. But I've, that's consistent with what I find in the field. So many people text me after I go, after I leave a site. It's like, what? Why did? Why didn't you say something when I was there? When I was standing right next to your machine, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say, hey? Because I would have loved to shake your hand. But now, oh yeah, I saw you today, bro. 
but they wanted to play it cool. They want to put themselves out there. That kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, how do I break that barrier down? Because it's just getting in everybody's way. It makes it less fun. Also, too, like the message I'm delivering, Randy's, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun to hear. Yeah, you're not getting that There's no one coming to cool. save us. Yeah. And so Jonathan, when I spoke to the Utah Mining Association, he's like, yeah, a lot of people are just kind of looking at their feet. He's like, but this is what they need to hear. I'm like, okay. So I don't, I don't really care how many people come up and say great job after. Yeah. And I feel like that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, but it, I think it is, it is curious, you know, are there uh, generational parts at play that have nothing to do with like, the industry? Do you think there's still some like, what does this kid know when yeah, you're speaking? But I, I address that head on. That's one of the first things I say is I know what you're probably thinking. What the hell does this kid know? And you're right. I don't know anything, but, and I go into it, but it's like, but what I do do really well is I weasel my way onto job sites yeah. across the United States and around the world. And here's some of the access I have. And I go into Zurich International Airport and Alberta and, and Saudi Arabia. And there you go. Credibility established. Yep. And then I can go into, hey, I'm not speaking based on my brilliance here. I'm speaking based on, I've been to I've talked to thousands of people now, tens of thousands, I don't know how many now, yeah. been to thousands of job sites. And here's what I've gathered as a result. That's it. And we were on a call the other day. It was frustrating because we were being micromanaged on our messaging. And it's just like, you just want to tell us, like, just shut up. Like, you are hiring us to do a job. Randy us, told me about this. <laughs> yeah. Let us do our job. Like, we're good. here. We're yeah. good. Like, you're talking to two very competitive, very, very effective people. We're, we're going to take this seriously and we're going to deliver the message that needs to be delivered. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you don't need to get, you know, these people don't like to be sold. And she's telling me about like my core demographic <laughs> here. Like, I don't, un I don't understand. Yeah, these like people. you don't know. I'm like, I, and I didn't say it, but it's like, I have a better understanding of these people than you ever will, by the way. And uh, you don't need to get in your story and you don't need to talk about build with. But I talk about the story and I talk about BuildWit because it's, I'm not a professional speaker. I'm not making my living based on speaking to conferences. I'm making my living based on building, helping to build an organization, actually attacking the problem I'm talking about. Yeah. So my money is exactly where my mouth is. There you go. I'm doing it a different way. I'm serving the industry in a totally different, from a totally different angle, but I'm doing it. So I'm not up here just preaching to all of you saying, here's what you should do. I'm saying, I'm, I'm doing as much as I can do right here, but I can't do this alone. Buildwick can't do this alone. We need your help. And that's mm -hmm. why it's essential. And that's why people follow along because of the story. She's like, you don't need to tell it. <laughs> okay. Like, get out of here. Lady. I feel like so when what I- So what am I going to do? I'm going to tell it anyway. Yeah, you're going to do it anyway. Like, what's she, she going to do? I feel like when I get into uh, instances like that, my brain goes to, hmm, sounds like you should do it. It, it sounds like you know dude, what you want. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you speak? Like, you know everything. Get up there. Like, have have at it. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Brutal, exciting, all those things. Uh, I've got a couple questions that um, came from, uh, you, you sent out a weekly debrief to the leadership team, uh, and you, you were kind enough to send that along. And I, I feel like there are a handful of things that you've been up to that are just kind of been going through the company that I think would... Um, Provide some value to the team if they got some context and kind of hear what's going on with that. So, 
first question. You started doing one-on-ones with people at the beginning of the year. How's that, how's that going? I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I Last year, I tried to do a lot of one-on-ones, but it was mostly Jessica sending a list like, hey, you haven't really talked to these people in a while. And so if you just call them up whenever you can, I'd be in the car and I'd try to call people and they'd be busy or whatever it is. Or they'd yeah. be getting a call from me and they don't talk like, to me oh. all that much. Like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> it, it wasn't the most effective process. Sure. And I was reflecting on it over the break and, and thought I need to be a little bit more effective because this is essential. Mm-hmm. And it's essential. It's essential one from a, a caring component. I need to, I, I want to make our people feel cared for and appreciated. But two, from a strategic standpoint, it, it helps me maintain my situational awareness because mm. I get these touch points to the business I, I don't get naturally. I don't get to hear how a designer within services is doing, for example, because I don't interact with any design within services right now. That's yeah. just not, I don't interact with most of our business. And so, but I have to understand our business to guide it and to do my job. Mm-hmm. So it's been really helpful in that regard from maintaining my situational awareness, getting to know our people. Um, hopefully our people feel cared for in the process. I don't know. I'm not the best conversationalist. Um, but mostly, you know, but, but importantly as well, I don't think it's mostly or I don't know. It's important to, to just maintain like what's going on within our business. Yeah. Where's the pain? What's going well? What do I need to be focused on right now? We just had a whole conversation, me, Dan, Randy, and Jason. That was kind of about like, here's some of the stuff we're, we're picking up on within the organization. And I can lean back on my conversations with random people in the, in the company and say, yeah, that's, that's an accurate assessment. You're like, that tracks because so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so yeah. each said that exact thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But if I didn't, well, and not even said that, but even just like, you can kind of just pick up yeah, on stuff. Yeah, it's, like, it's part, you're catching a, a trend. In the yeah, way they're and that's, not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying, like that's, mm. I'm not trying to tease stuff out either. Like I don't have this grand strategy behind any, com- every conversation. I get on the phone with somebody, I'm like, I don't know, how you doing? I don't have five questions to ask or whatever. I'm not collecting data, mm-hmm. but you can, you can get a feel for the organization in each conversation as well. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been fantastic. When you're jumping into those, is are you trying to be like, what are you working on right now? Like, I'm just curious. I I try to approach it from genuine curiosity. So I like to know what they're doing and they're just their life in general. Yeah. Because um, it's not just about work. And I could call them up and say, yeah, what are you doing right now? I just, t- I take the conversation wherever it goes. So if we want to mm, cool. talk about life for a while, great. If we want to talk about work for a little bit. If they're new to the organization, how's it going? Everyone's different. There's no, there's no formula to it. Yeah. But I, and I ask like how everything's going out of curiosity. Like I'm just genuinely curious. Like, what are you working on? I'm not to, not to be sure. Like, are you, are you working? It's more so <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just, how many, uh, what are you doing? How many hours know. did you log in the, in teamwork this week? Yeah, I know. It's, I'm just, I'm just curious. I just want to see what you're working on. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's the only perspective I come at it from. That's cool. I feel like. Obviously, as we've, well, I don't feel like this is the truth. As we've grown, it's harder to, to um, unintentionally get that information. You yeah. know, when, when it was six people, you're kind of just talking to everybody and you're kind of in the whole business. It happens naturally. Yeah. It, it's just happening. But eventually, like, it, just, it stops and it can't happen anymore. So you have to be more intentional with that. That's cool. Yeah. And it, it, as the organization grows and changes, what you have to do to 
maintain that awareness grows and changes. But uh, right now, this, it's a pretty good system. Continuing to know Not the perfect, people. But yeah. it, it definitely helps. That's cool. So for those I've talked to, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I don't know. And maybe you've hated it. I don't know. Yeah, you just saw Aaron's name pop up. It was calling you. Like, oh. Well, no, no, no. It's it's scheduled now. Oh, true. Yeah. You, you know you have a call with him. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's scheduled now. So it's like, <laughs> it's not me just calling people randomly. Yeah, there you go. Uh, right now, well, thanks for speaking into that. Harrison's got enough of those calls. Yeah. Fuck, He's no, like, Aaron, again. Another one. Again. Oh, God. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> the way I worded this sounds like, it sounds charged. It's not a charged question. That's fine. I'm more than happy. <laughs> Should I read questions. it in with the charged? Uh, yeah. Why was it such a priority to make the Sunland shoot happen a few weeks ago? That's how the industry works. <laughs> it's it's sure we work in a creative business, but we serve a business that's production based that yeah. gets shit done, and that's something that's always been important to me. Is we we have to work. I the work. You know, the, the the rigidity of the schedule within the dirt world is part of the issue right now. There's not a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So from a workforce standpoint, it needs to be a little bit more rigid. But at the same time, I like that they just get shit done. It doesn't matter if it's raining, if it doesn't matter, if it's Sunday night, they just have to get the job done. Yeah. And I love that mentality. And I wish more people had that mentality of let's just let's 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 button down. And let's get this thing done. Let's go accomplish something as a group that we're proud of. And the Sunland project, we can't talk about it publicly yet. And hopefully we will be able to. Who the hell knows? That's another one. It's like they could come back and just say this whole thing. Nah, we're good. Like, I don't I have no idea if it's ever going to get approved. But they called us up randomly. They they were familiar with us. They followed our work for a while. We've never worked with them. And they said, hey, we basically, we put in, we got invited to bid this project or, or put a budget on this project. It wasn't even hard bid, I don't think. We got invited to interview for this and we got selected for it. And it's the repaving the Formula One track in Miami. And they're an Arizona company. Yeah. So they were mobilizing all of their people, everything, all of their equipment, technology from Arizona to Miami to make this happen. Mm. And the reality, like the, the reason why it's a brand new Formula One track, they raced on it one season, but they messed up the surface somehow. So they had to repave it mm. the entire mill. Yeah. It, lawsuit, all kinds of problems with that. Yeah. It's a, it's a boo boo, but they were coming in and, and milling it and it's not, a big project so it wasn't like oh it's going to be going on for the next four months they had a window to do it and Mm. the track surrounds the dolphin stadium so it was nfl ends and then the race is in may so they have a window to essentially build a formula one track around the stadium for the race and then take it all down again to then open the stadium back up for the nfl season so it's all of this work for a three-day event, four-day event. And that's why they had a very particular window to pave in. And that's why we had to go make it happen. We put up number on the project. It was more than they were expecting. So we thought we just didn't get it. And then I talked with one of their senior execs, like, hey, how's it going? He's like, let me 
we're going to revisit this. And we got the conversation <laughs> back going and we got a smaller scope, but which was awesome because it's leading to a lot more work. Yeah. They're, they're going to be big time. So we got in the door and uh, that was the reality. They had one schedule that we were trying to hit, but then their schedule changed like 10 or 15 times. So it was just a moving target. Yeah. And rather than getting frustrated about it, you just have to do your best. So I was finally set to go out there to shoot a vlog shooting Sunday and Monday. But then I get a message the day before saying, hey, we're not paving Sunday anymore, but we're going to pave Saturday night. So then I try to get in early. I can't, but Ben and Wyatt can get in early. So they're there. I fly in at 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. I'm to the track by 11. I get in an Uber, go right to the track, and they're paving at night because they had to get across part of the turnpike and they could only close it at night. Mm -hmm. So they paved Saturday night till two or three in the morning. We got that. We rested up Sunday and then they started again Monday and I got out there. I got out Monday afternoon, but they stayed for Tuesday as well. Nice. So it was just really, really unique project, really unique opportunity. There's only two purpose-built Formula One tracks in the United States. But Austin's in. Or in North America. Yeah, one in Austin. And then they're doing a street circuit in Vegas. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know if it will be cool or not. We'll see. The idea of it sounds cool. Yeah. But it doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. So amazing opportunity. That's how this industry works. It's not perfect, but we're so, or at least I'm so accustomed to working in this environment that it's just like, yeah, just tell us when we need to Let be there. Let us know when we need to be there. We'll make it work. It feels like it's either, hey, we're doing this project for the next eight months, come out whenever, or it's happening right now. You have to come right now. Yeah. A lot of stuff, there's there's a lot of flexibility. Weather's the big component sure. on, on most work. But sometimes like demolition is very time sensitive. If you don't get there the right day, it sucks. Yeah, because um, then they're just cleaning up only or, you know, it's, or yeah, we're just yeah, dropping like, equipment. Yeah, like the building's down. It's like, fuck, like the building's down. <laughs> And so then you, you take the building down one day and you sort for seven. So it's like you have, you know, a one in seven, one in eight shot that something's cool and you better time it right. Yeah. If you don't, and the schedule shifts all the time. So yeah, there's projects that are moving targets and that's just, that's what we do. But that's the nice thing about serving one industry is we can be flexible enough. We've designed the system to be flexible enough, especially on the, the media front yeah. is the one that needs to be the most flexible because they're the ones having to deal with these schedules. Mm -hmm. It's not just our schedule, it's their schedules too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the, the whole, I'm talking from my perspective, but that whole team, they're buttoned up when it comes to, it's amazing what they can actually make happen when they need to make something happen. Super cool. Yeah, thanks for speaking into that. I remember, especially in the media team, it was like, well, the, this is happening. We, we're, we're really trying to figure out what the details are of that. I just remember feeling like there is a sense of urgency here on this. Yeah. Um, it was the coolest, coolest paving work I've seen in North America. That's something. The only thing cooler was the runway project in Switzerland. Sure. That was, that was taking this level of coordination and multiplying it by five, I feel like. It, that, was, that was wild. <laughs> but this was, this was amazing, amazing to see. Super cool. Yeah, a ton of fun because they ran, I explained it in the Slack channel, but they ran three pavers side by side by side in echelon. Mm -hmm. Like an, uh, it was echelon paving, which is extremely unique. 
Very cool. Yeah. Uh, last question: Is Series A still ongoing? Is that like a th- what? Is there like a target date when that is done? I don't really understand how that maybe works at this point for us. Yeah, it's ongoing. Um, we're making really good progress on closing it out. But nice. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to let my guard down at the same time because mm-hmm. I need to. It's a race. I got to run hard till the end. It's not over until it's over. Yeah. Until the final signature is there. Until the the round is closed. Until the money's in the bank. We have we have learned you can't count those chickens. Yeah, I yeah. am not counting any chickens. But there are more ongoing conversations than there have been in six months mm-hmm. right now. The the data, the numbers we have are way more substantial than we've ever had before. So I'm very confident we'll wrap it up sometime in the spring but i don't really want to put a date on it because sure. i've been wrong many times over cool well that's helpful to me i mean i know when we started it was like yeah maybe this i don't know we'll just, and it just kind of kept going on and on and on um so that's interesting to me just to get a little status update on that yeah but it's getting there i feel really good about it and um i mean i don't think it right now should be really anybody's concern no because it's it's at this point somewhat happening in the background and we're doing what we need to do yeah everybody's delivering so cool that's all that's needed just keep doing what's right in front of you love it uh well aaron thank you for uh answering those questions and speaking a good bit on your speaking engagements yes you know if if you ever want to be a professional speaker you can talk to aaron who's a professional speaker now i guess so but i do like if i get into something i'm going to take it seriously Mm -hmm. i want to be among the most sought after speakers in the industry by the end of the year. Like, so when we say this is the price, they pay it and go to all the high profile events, whatever it is. But by the end of this year, I'm going to be so focused on this craft that I'm going to be among the best in the industry. Love it. If not the best in the industry. Oh yeah, brother. Whatever that means. You should start a podcast. I should start a podcast. (laughs) That's a good idea. Let's, let's uh, schedule a meeting to brainstorm. Yes, we'll do it. We'll do three meetings, one to schedule the rest of the meetings, and then the other two can be about it. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for talking through this. Harrison, thank you as always. Uh, I'm Alex Horton. Thanks, y'all, for listening to the Build It Internal Podcast. We'll be back soon with more stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our stuff. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.